passable dreck, like entertainment, okay, whatever. I'd watch it on an afternoon at home drunk or whatever. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Portress, and we're back yet again a little day late, but we had to get everything in because we have so many movies to talk about this week. It yeah. is utterly ridiculous, and I'm joined, well, as always, by Matt Smith. What's up, buddy? Uh, I'm finally getting things back in myself. <laughs> He's getting uh, himself together. I've not, Well, I've been... Uh, this weekend, most of it has been spent with my cousin from Germany. Ah, du, du, du. I was going to try to do something funny in German, but that's, there's clearly nothing I know. Well, it's okay. Uh, most German isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Not known for the sense of humor, this Germans. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so we got, got a, a lot of crap to talk about today. So uh, um, I saw in, in, the, in the previous week, I saw four new releases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Sean came over here the other day to record here movie podcast, he's just like, "So what? What have you been watching?" I'm like, "He's like, dude, I listened to last week's show," and he's like, "He's like, yeah, how many fucking movies have you seen?" And I just go, "You think that's bad? This week's worse." <laughs> he goes, "You gotta be kidding me!" I go, I, "Yeah, I was like, I've seen four. He's like, "You're gonna fucking kill yourself." And I'm like, "Well, maybe." <laughs> Uh, you know, a movie a day is good for you. Well, in, a in, movie a day makes the doctor come for you sooner. Well, yeah. Is there, what, <laughs> Depending on how much of that involves you eating really buttery popcorn. Which type of doctor? Who knows? You know. Yeah. But I've hey, I've gotten on some stuff here. So like, if, if the if the show becomes very interesting, um, I'm on a combination of I just took a sleeping pill because I got to get to work tomorrow morning, and I'm drinking a little bit of coffee too. So that wow. I'm like, I'm really, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just having a uh, wonderful washout wheat beer from uh, Charleston, South Carolina's own Holy City Brewing. And I'm on and they other are not compensating me for telling you this. <laughs> they should be. Send us a couple cases, fellas. Why not? Uh, ah. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about, uh, I got to see Minions this week, and I'll talk a little bit about that, but we have three holy, holy fucking hell giant new releases. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Selfless, we're going to be talking about The Gallows, and we're going to be talking about Amy, the new documentary about Amy Winehouse. Uh, so we had a boatload of stuff. Anything you've been watching? Because I haven't got anything, really, because I've been busy watching all these movies. When <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Uh, we were going to talk uh, about, but I did not see... Uh, because I haven't had time to watch it, but uh, you on your other show watched a, a documentary this week, right? Indeed, we did. We watched uh, Superman. Wait a minute, hold on. The death of Superman lives. What happened? And you'll be glad to know I forgot the joke until the show <laughs> was over. 
And I was just like, I know I was like, cause I like at towards the end, I, I, I was thinking and I just, I should have written it down, but I didn't. I was just like, my brain was like going, Oh fuck. What was it again? What was the thing? Ah, shit. So congratulations. Our friends, you win. Uh, our Twitter friends uh, pulled the juju on you. Yeah. You, they, they you. made me feel bad about stealing some, <laughs> doing a little plagiarism here, but you know, whatever. Carlos Mencia, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, man, it's all about beaners. <laughs> pretty much all his jokes ever were. Uh, you suck, most Carlos. of them were just shitty George Lopez jokes. Yeah, which weren't good to begin with, and then we... I looked... said they were the shitty ones. Well, I know. <laughs> Anywho, so we got a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, so I saw uh, The Death of Superman Lives. Uh, what happened? Uh... <laughs> oh, God, that title. I can't wait to watch it. What happened? Um, yeah, so it took us for fucking ever. Their PR department sucked balls with like really helping us out here. Everyone was dropping the ball left and right. So we had to do now, granted, now look, I'm not that guy. I'm not gonna leak out anything. And I and if I did, my fucking podcast email address is all fucking over it. It yes. watermarked, so you know, they they would know it was me. But I had to like I had to practically bootleg a copy of that and send it to my co-hosts so they could fucking watch it. Uh, it was pretty egregious. Mm. Uh, it was paying the fucking ass, but we did it and we got it. Uh, it's okay. Um, if you're if you're interested in this in how you know the 1990 Superman movie that Kevin Smith talked about in the Evening with Kevin Smith, uh, Volume One. Uh, this is in that uh, he's not in it as much as you would probably like, but so if you want to, pardon me, <laughs> if you want a detailed story, you just turned into Kevin Smith on this into, podcast right there. Uh, there's no weed involved. Why is there no weed involved? <laughs> you you turn into okay. Well, fine. there should be some of that around here. Um, so uh, if you want a detailed explanation of all the goings down, uh, at least from from as much as Kevin Smith did. Uh, definitely check that out. But if you want a more nuance and everything that's from all the parties involved, uh, Tim Burton uh, and other writers and whatnot, uh, check it out. It, it's interesting. Maybe 15 minutes, a little bit too long. That's about, you know, I think yeah. they could have they could have cut some stuff and you wouldn't have felt cheated, I don't think. There's a lot of, I mean, I know they want to, they I got was, a lot uh, of behind the scenes I was listening to the, to the Hero Movie cast on my way up from Charleston this afternoon and, uh, I had to stop listening because because uh, I wanted to actually watch it. Spoiler alert, Matt! They didn't make it. Well, I, I wanted to watch the documentary, <laughs> dude. But um, yeah, so it's it's available out there. Um, you know, go see it or don't, whatever. It's got a good poster. If that's the poster on the website that I saw earlier, yeah, I don't know if that's as good a poster as you think. Well, and look, and he's not gonna. Yeah, I like to I like the uh, like weird ass uh, like crystal skull Struzan vibe going with it. Yeah, there's a little bit of that action, and then there was a skull spaceship in there somewheres uh, mm-hmm. in the story. Um, I don't know. Well. It, it's okay. <laughs> okay. I, I was I was not I was not blown away by it. I'm um, I'm now waiting for the Fantastic Four documentary, uh, so that should be out fairly soon. I got to get back in touch with those people because they I talked to them months back. So I got to get uh, got to get rolling on that one too. Um, the one about the Corman film. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that one too. So I've got to figure all that shite out, but of course, um, Ant Man next week. I haven't so. I haven't been watching uh, too much. Basically, I just uh, I just watched uh, Scream this week and last week, and it was good. I still like that series a lot. They're playing around with TV as a format really well. Hmm. 
Um, so still recommend it, guys. I'm sticking in. I, I think I'm committed at this point. <laughs> Even three three episodes in, I'm. You know, it's only ten. I think I I'm say, down. I'm gonna watch the next twenty of these. Fuck it. <laughs> hey, it's it's on MTV. It's not on uh, you know Fox or whatever. <laughs> like, or ABC, which would be Jesus. We gotta fucking hold in for. Here's right, 37, 37 episodes of a series leading up to Captain America. You ever get one of those fucking uh, like just like see what like the Thundercats like DVDs or something? There's like fifty something on there. It's like yeah. parts part season one, part one, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, because because they had. <laughs> it was like every goddamn day. They're just like, well, hey, here's fifty cartoons. Shut the fuck up. Well, it all had to do with uh, the syndicated afternoon shows. Yeah. Right? So, uh, in that stuff, I, I know a little bit about. Uh, it's all in the in the 80s in particular, right? Before that, in the 70s, 60s, uh, cartoons would come on, uh, but, you know, there might be a few of them every day or whatever. Um, you'll get three, school. you'll like it, and shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, and, and seriously, there would be, you know, 15 episodes of a series produced. And then those same 15 would just be constantly reshown and repackaged into different groupings with other, right? Hanna-Barbera was uh, particularly good at doing this kind of bullshit. And and I like Hanna-Barbera, so I'm not like just uh, talking smack. But Look at that, that, that was their business model, right? It was like <laughs> cheap, fast, and uh, keep them rolling out. But, you know, we're going to constantly repackage the same material. It's why they they basically just ripped off sitcoms, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, check this out. It's the Flintstones, like, like, but in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there were those companies in the eighties like, uh, Deke and, uh, fun, fun, uh fuck. Fun, fun, yeah. Fun, fun emotion. Funimation. Yeah. That's, yeah. I couldn't remember. That. Um, and I guess they were late seventies throughout the eighties, but, uh, they would, they were tasked with creating so much content because, uh, you know, people wanted new shows, right? Kids wanted we new were shows insatiable. all the time. Yeah. And so they, they would just make, you know, 50 something episodes and that's a season. Jesus. And, uh, the, you know, those would get shown a couple of times. Spon- uh, Nickelodeon still kind of works on this model for its animation, like SpongeBob, uh, for a long time would just churn out episodes constantly. There was not really a set season for anything. It would just be like, here's a chunk of 20 episodes that we churned out, and now we're going to replay those while we make the next 20, and then we're going to do the same thing. Um, So it's a weird business model animation. I mean, it has to do with how expensive uh, the process is compared to, I don't know, fucking Survivor 38 or whatever the fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So there, there you go, unrelated to anything, some bullshit that Matt knew. That's what we do. <laughs> All right, what do we want to do first? Uh, well, because uh, I don't care at this point. I'm gonna talk. Let's talk. About, I'll talk about minions real quick. Yeah, let's since, do your since, minions uh, thing because I, I did like, not get to see it yet. I'm not gonna play the trailer. You trust me. It's, you've seen it. Yeah, because even if you've been to any <laughs> like a rated R movie, you've seen that fucking trailer. So here's the thing, and and here's what I'm gonna mention about the trailer. We talked about this just before the show started. Uh, have you seen a Minions trailer? Chances uh-huh. are you have. Uh, have you seen Minions trailers since at least probably somewhere in the neighborhood of September to November of last year? Possibly yeah, you have probably, if you've been to the theater in the, any amount of that time. Probably it, four or five different uh, cuts of the trailer that has least. all new material. Some of them. Um, here's the thing. You've seen the movie. 
Uh, so if you're out there and you've seen a couple of Minions trailers, congratulations. You've pretty much seen the movie. They have been promoting the ever-living piss out of this thing. And, and, and you know, and here's the thing. It's not a terrible movie. It's not. Uh, it's entertaining enough, but the fact is you've seen it all. That's that's the long and short of it, is you've seen everything in here. The gags are fairly funny. Uh, they work in short bits. They work fairly decent in the long bit. But you do feel yourself kind of going, okay, well, here's a little bit. Could we have a little bit more of something? And you really don't get it. Um, Sandra Bullock's character of Scarlet Overkill is not nearly as kind of uh, fun, if you will, as uh, you know, Gru uh, from the first mm-hmm. uh, to... Uh, uh, what was the name Despicable of the, me. Despicable me. I'm like, I'm thinking unbreakable. I'm telling you, the sleep pill's already kicking in. Uh, <laughs> we'll rush this thing. Uh, so, you know, it's, she's, she's not as interesting. I liked, so the, the, the cool thing is, is like, so these minions, as you, as you'll know in the trailer, they kind of have gone along since the dawn of time, since they kind of crawled out of the primordial ooze, which is a nice little, uh, uh, animation for the beginning of them just like literally being, you know, just, you know, like molecules <laughs> growing up and then just evolving out into these things. And then they're, you know, around dinosaurs, Dracula and all this kind of shit. And uh, so they, they finally get to, you know, in the 60s, right? So you they end up traveling to um, New York in the 60s and uh, going to this uh, super villain convention thing. And they, they travel with this family of, of what you find out eventually are, are supervillains. Well, not supervillains. They're villains. They're not supervillains yet. They aspire to be. Um, uh, that family's almost more interesting than <laughs> the whole Minion story. I'm sitting there going with this family. I'm like, why are we not following them like a Bizarro Incredibles movie? Like, they seemed a lot more fun. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, I, I'd like to see a movie with those cats, uh, but the minions are okay. They're they're funny enough, but again, you you you've seen all you've seen the majority of the gags. I mean, a lot of those would have been really funny had you left them uh, out of the trailer. But I know how you have to you know promote kids and shit and show them as much as you can. And they've been hyping the ever living piss out of this thing. What's the box office? I haven't checked it out this week. Did it, did oh, it's they... number one. It's one fifteen. No surprise there. So I mean, you know, they they accomplished their goal. So for better or for worse, uh, you know, they did it. Yeah, I mean, the other new releases, right? The the Gallows and uh, the other big ones, Selfless, were kind of smaller affairs anyway. So I don't think they were they were more counter programming to Minions than anything. Yeah, so it was just like, hey, if you're not going to go see Minions, go see these these movies, and you know, but the majority of people were taking their kids out to see that because there hasn't been a shitload of uh, kid fair this summer for the most part. Yep. Uh, so not surprising, but uh, definitely not necessarily worth your time in the big theater. Uh, this is this is a Netflix watch for sure. You're gonna be like, you're gonna wait a couple of months. You're gonna forget that you saw the trailers and everything. You're gonna have a little giggle, and you, you'll be fine. But that's about it. Nothing nothing too much more to write home about than that. Right on. Uh, so we wanna. So what do you wanna do? Let, let's uh, let's do today. Um, selfless, gallows, and then end with Amy. All right, let's. Uh, so here is the uh, trailer for our first new release review of this week. Here's the trailer for Selfless. You built an empire from the ground up, Mr. Hale. It's an honor. The man who built New York. People will insist that your buildings make you immortal. Now, as you slip away, do you feel immortal? We offer humanity's greatest minds more time to fulfill their potential. Designed to offer you the very best of the human experience. It's alive. An empty vessel. 
If we do this, there's no turning back. Your old life is over. What's that? Something to stop your heart. What? It's something to stop your heart. and have some fun. After all, at your age, I'd say you've earned it. And you can have all of this. After all the hard work, you can have all of this. Money in the cars, clothes, you can have all of this. Fall up in the best club, you can have all the women. Are you okay? Fine, I just haven't seen anything like that in about 52 years. <laughs> Immortality has some side effects. Hello? How is this possible? There is no science, no progress without sacrifice. I never wanted others to suffer. I gave you what you wanted. You took a man's life. No! I did! I did! I did! Soon I'll be gone. I can already feel myself fading. Without me, your mind will relapse. And we both know who takes over. I'm the only one standing between you and oblivion. All right, everybody, that was the trailer for... Ah, shut up, computer. I hate those (laughs) dickwads that like, hey, we're going to put some shit on the end of the trailer so we're fucking assholes. Uh, here is uh, this is our first new release review, Selfless, uh, directed by Tarsem Singh. Here's the IMDb logline. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. A dying real estate mogul transfers his consciousness into a healthy young body, but soon finds that neither the uh, procurer or the nor the company that performed it are quite what they seem. Starring Ryan Reynolds, uh, Natalie Martinez, Matthew Good, Ben Kingsley, uh, Victor Garber, and uh, several more. Um, so Tarsem Singh, um, most people know him from probably The Cell. I would say that's his most well-known film. Uh, yeah, although nobody knows that it's him. Nobody what, kn- Well, yeah. What, mean, I, what I think people would know him from is The Fall, right? Like, because uh, that's the one that his name's all over. Well, yeah, but how many people see the have seen the fall? Though? Oh, I'm 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 arguing different things. Okay, I'm saying I'm saying there is a group of people who will know. Oh, Tarsem Singh, and he made the fall. And then there's a group of people that will know. Oh, this is the guy that made the cell because we told him it's the guy that made the cell. Fair enough. Yes, but yeah, that's that's probably his most popular film for sure. Um, so the man makes uh, beautiful films, but has he made a good film? Because he hasn't made a big film that's like made a lot of money in the last couple long times. So, uh, Matt, what did you think of Self was coming into it? Um, well, I, I really like uh, The Cell, and I like The Fall. I'm not as big on The Fall as some other people are, but I think The Cell is pretty underrated. Um, both of them are gorgeous movies. Uh, he has also made uh, two other films right he made uh, the him. others right or was no. that some other guy that was another uh so he, type. he made uh, mirror mirror the the uh julia roberts oh yeah that's uh, starring thing. uh snow white film that was the that was the op- that was the counter programming to the huntsman that year yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, the kid-friendly one. Yeah. Um, and then he also made a pretty bad movie uh, called Immortals, which was uh, like uh, Greek gods. Um, that also, I think, had Ben Kingsley in it, although mostly it was promoted as like Mickey Rourke doing some shit. Hmm. Um, and it looked great, but it was garbage. Uh, I never saw Mirror Mirror, so I can't tell you how bad that one was. The trailer uh, looked bad. <laughs> yeah. It looked um, pretty, but it looked bad. But, uh, so going in, this is, that's kind of where my head was like, okay, this guy's about 50, 50 for me, uh, giving any sort of shit. Um, I know that it'll look good cause he has an eye, uh, and, uh, he didn't disappoint in that, uh, regard. It looks great. The cinematography is amazing. Um, but, but he has a real visual sensibility filmmaking wise. And here he's, you know, he's playing it a little close to the chest. Uh, it's a little safer than I would think he would go. Comparatively but there's, for him, yeah. But there's also just not, I mean, outside of the hallucinatory kind of sequences, there's not really a reason for it to go over the top, uh, given the story that this movie's telling. Um, and I have to say, at the end of the film, I actually kind of enjoyed watching it. It wasn't like the most mind-blowing, I didn't love it wasn't mind-blowing uh in any real way but there were some surprises and a few twists in there that i thought were just nice little differences um and i and i have to say just to spoil something uh very very minor not not even a plot point but just uh just kind of what this film is Mm -hmm. um i did not expect it to be as far into the action movie thriller realm as it turns out to be no that's true Okay, okay, yeah. And I really kind of dug that it did that a little bit. Yeah, there's a there's a touch of it. I mean, there's not a ton, but there's enough to definitely get you by and uh and 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 you you it's find a out a born uh, born supremacy up in here. Yeah, just you, a little bit. You find out a little bit later that it comes from an organic place, so it's not like all of a sudden, you know, Ben Kingsley's head is in this, you know, this new body and everything and he you know, all of a sudden knows these, you know, amazing moves and stuff. It's not like that. Uh, but yeah, so Ben Kingsley's playing an old guy who's dying and everything, and he needs to, uh, like, he, he he has this card and everything that says, call this company or whatever, they'll kind of help things be better or whatever. So he uh, heads down to this place, turns out that they actually are kind of a, you know, fringe little company or whatever that is experimenting and has actually transferred the mind of people from one body to another. So they have these host bodies that are grown in the lab and everything, and they're like, hey, look, here's these dormant things and everything. You're going to you know, move into these uh, th- this new body, mm-hmm. and that's what's uh, going to propel you along for the last couple for the next couple years of your life and everything so you can have a new lease. So go out there and just you know do what you do. You know It's going to cost you – how much did they say it cost? A couple – uh, it was it was pretty expensive, but I don't remember the couple exact mil, number. something like that. But uh, you yeah. know, we'll go, we'll get you in a new thing and all, all this other stuff. We set you up with a new life and all that jazz. Uh, conveniently, all in New Orleans, where all the tax benefits for movies are. <laughs> I mean, they could have come to Atlanta, but they didn't. Hey, Atlanta, Atlanta and New Orleans are the are the two hotbeds for uh, for movie credits. That's true. <laughs> so that's those are the two places that you're going to see the most. Um, and so, but, you know, so he gets, uh, he finally gets transferred over to this new body and everything. And, uh, of course that new body is played by Ryan Reynolds. And, uh, so the body is, uh, you know, it's taken a while for him to kind of get used to it and everything. They go through his entire life story. He knows what he's going to be from this point out. And then he gets, uh, then they transfer him out to kind of the real world, his real world kind of tests and everything. 
Mm-hmm. And um, things kind of start going a little bit weird because he's given a medication to have all the, you know, take this medication every day. It helps whatever the fuck it's supposed to help. But plot point is what it's supposed to do. Right. <laughs> and then, um, of course, that medicine kind of runs out or and or forgets to take it. And, of course, things start happening. It starts to get weird flashbacks of, of memories that he does not have. And um, it then leads him to question, why am I having these memories and everything? And so mm-hmm. it kind of goes on from that point. Maybe a former life that he had or maybe that the person or the body that he has may not necessarily been have just you know grown in a lab. But you can put yeah. all that together from the trailer. Yeah, the trailer kind of gives that away, right? Like he figures it out uh, in the trailer, but it's not overt. Um yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about this movie, though? Did uh, how? Where do you where do you come down on it? Did you like any of I it? I thought or? it was fair at best. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't blown away, but I I mean, like I didn't I didn't hate it by any stretch of the means. But um, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a fairly mild recommendation for me, but not by not by a lot. I wasn't wowed um, for it. Doesn't have not that I would expect it to, mind you, given the source material and everything, what we're working with. But it doesn't have that that Tarsim kind of uh, you know visual flair to it outside of say the place where they go through and switch the minds and everything. That's the whole uh, setup there is kind of beautiful looking. Yeah. Um. And a, and a minus a couple scenes here or there. Um. I was, I was kind of amazed at his uh, kind of grasp of action. I'd kind of like to see him do a little bit more in that neighborhood. Um, I, I have to say this film has much better action than uh, Immortals did, which did not have good action scenes. <laughs> So that that was that was fun. Ryan Reynolds it gives a it gives a fine performance. Ben Kingsley in it for like fifteen minutes. So you yeah, know. I actually really dug uh, Reynolds in this man. Uh, he is somebody who I really champion. Uh, honestly, I think he uh, he gets a lot of flack for some of the films that he has made in the past. Yeah, um, and and here's the thing: he's a good looking dude, and so good looking dudes are going to get a lot of shit for not being able to act because they're just like, ah, oh, you're a pretty face, and we put you we put you on the right. big screen and all that shit. But the, but then you know even even then you know you find out like okay yeah he's done he's done some shit right like he did R.I.P.D. which I thought was you know passable dreck like entertainment okay whatever I'd watch it on an afternoon at home drunk or whatever but. Uh, He's done that, but he's also done really amazing stuff. Like, uh, like he was uh, in that movie Buried. Buried was amazing, back. yeah. And which is just pretty much all him. It's all him. That whole movie is him in a box, right? And it's uh, he's amazing in it. Yeah. Uh, just a few weeks back, I was talking about that uh, movie he made uh, last year, The Voices, where he just turns in one hell of a f- fucking uh, hilarious performance, right? Um, and so I really do like the guy a whole lot. And uh, I'm I'm glad that he is kind of having a comeback. I think it'll be nice for him to be Deadpool, finally. Um, because I feel like if that had happened, you know, years ago when it was supposed to, yeah. that, that uh, maybe uh, people would not bag on him quite as much. Although uh, maybe it just took this long for Deadpool and uh, a really hard R uh comic book property to kind of get the good graces of the studio which it's going to be so nice that they push for that and actually mm-hmm. got it i mean how astounding is that yeah exactly um so you know but he's he's great in this movie i i really enjoyed the hell out of him here uh like like you i don't think it's a great movie i think it's uh it's a fair uh recommendation like i'd say check it out definitely if it's on netflix at some point i think it's worth 
you know, an hour and 30 minutes or so of your time. It's not long. Um, I guess it's closing in on two hours, but you know, it, it wasn't quite. Um, so that's where I come down. I, I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, it. It wasn't great, but it was a very solid, good movie. Fair enough. All right, so let's uh, jump into uh, the fucking. That's all, folks. We're done. I'm telling you, man. It's it's uh, all, everything's converging. <laughs> all the medication, all the caffeine. Starting to have those uh, Ryan Reynolds hallucinations. I had some man. weird shit. Like I went to sleep at like eight o'clock last night, and then like woke up at two a.m. this morning, listened to a podcast for about an hour and a half, and then went back to sleep and woke up at six. So my brain is all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so, and then yet one more day of work. So that's all fun. Anyways, well, here is the uh, second uh, new release review of this week. Here is the trailer for Gallows, or the Gallows rather. Hold on, gotta turn it up. That would help. All right, that was a trailer for The Gallows, our second new release review of this week. Uh, and, and I'll say this, um, whatever your opinions on the movie, that's a good trailer. Oh, Matt's not, there you go, I unmuted you, sorry. Oh, no. Say it again. Well, whatever it's a say. great trailer. It's a great trailer. Whether whether you like the movie or not, the, the, the trailer is good, and we'll talk about other things. Well, let's start with your take on this flick. All right, so let me let me get through all the bullcrap. So this is uh, directed by Travis Clough and uh, Curtis Loffing. Lof- Chris. 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 What did I say? So I'm telling you, dude, it's crazy. You said Curtis. Well, uh, and so that that Travis cat, he's the principal, or the, no, the teacher rather. Jesus Christ. 
Uh-huh. We are getting there, boy. So anyway, <laughs> this is star Grease Mitcher, uh, Pfeiffer is. Brown, Ryan Shoes, Cassidy Gifford. <laughs> Cassidy Gifford, that's got to be. Now I didn't look at it. That is, that's got to be. That's Kathy Lee Gifford's kid, ain't it? Uh, I don't, I don't know. No, I no, I don't know. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. Why, why, why would she? Yep, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, Kathy Lee Gifford's kid. All right, good deal. I, I thought so. <laughs> I sat there, I'm just like, because I remember all the years growing up as a little kid when you're sick or something, and you're watching fucking Regis and uh, Kathy Lee, and they're always talking about her fucking kids, mm-hmm. and um, she was one of the better ones in here. No, th- th- this movie's not great. I'm going to, let's start out there. The movie's not great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's it the thing, It does not though. even approach. Here's the thing, though. Uh, now, I approach this movie a little bit differently than many people, and, and okay. here, it's, it's really weird. Uh, so I went to film school in around 2003 and I wrote a screenplay and, uh, this felt like, and the screenplay was somewhat similar in as much as like kids break into a school at night, uh, do some vandalism and stuff. And then things go wrong. They start to get killed. Okay. Uh, Uh, this felt in a weird, this like, this is what was so odd to me with this is it felt like I was like a Hollywood writer or something who got his script taken away from him, bought by another company and they just took it and rewrote it and made it their own thing. Because it's like, I could see elements of things that I had put in there, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and things that they changed. I'm like, well, that's weird how they would, they, they took this character out, but then they uh, kind of re- redid this and everything. And like, that's what it almost seemed to me. Cause I know I come from this at a really weird fucking perspective. Because that's what it kind of felt like to me. Is like I feel like I kind of wrote something and it got taken away from me and made into a film that wasn't what I wrote. <laughs> I know that's fucking bizarre. Uh, but it's... Look, I don't think this movie is absolutely terrible. It ends terrible, I would say. The ending is one of the worst things I, uh, I've ever seen in a horror film, actually. I don't know and, if I can quite that I, far, uh, but... Oh, I will. It's pretty bad. That is, that is shit that I know. And... Uh, <laughs> And I love bad horror movies, and this shit is terrible. That ending is garbage. Um, uh, let me. So I'll talk about this for just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I've mentioned on the show before, a lot of uh, what I've been researching in my own work. Uh, for those of you who are somewhat new to the podcast and don't know, I'm a PhD student. I'm starting to write my dissertation, Nerd. and. Uh, yeah. And uh, what I've been studying, though, right, is, is uh, as longtime listeners know, is uh, kind of uh, ghost hunting shows and uh, their relationships uh, kind of aesthetically, visually, formally to um, found footage horror and uh, thinking through kind of industrial relationships. Right. So why this form is picked up by this movie studio and then it is popularized on television and blah, 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 blah. Right. It's a, a lot of theoretical bullshit with some pretty interesting history. So I'm coming at this movie as, as someone who actually really likes, uh, and finds interesting, these found footage, uh, horror films, Mm -hmm. right? Like I really do like these things. Uh, even, even if they're bad, I can appreciate them, uh, like intellectually on a different level. Um, This one I almost couldn't do that with, though. Um, It is... It's not so much that the film is bad or that the script is bad as much as it is that it's completely... There's no way that I can divorce uh, reality 
from from this film, right? So so there's no suspension of disbelief at all for me okay. while watching this one. And it comes down to the screenplay, possibly, but uh, definitely the actors themselves, um, at least how they say the lines in the screenplay. And maybe it is just a screenplay issue. Um, it is the most unrealistic human behavior I think I could ever imagine. Not, like every step of the way. And this is coming from a guy who has watched dozens and dozens of shitty uh, first person found footage horror films where everybody does something stupid that gets them into the situation. There is not a single character motivation in this entire thing that makes sense at all. And, and it drove me nuts the entire movie. I just could not get into any sort of groove. Uh, I hated all of the, all of the characters, uh, which made me hate the actors. I actually think the one kid who, um, who plays the guy with the camera, Ryan, Mm -hmm. uh, is garbage. I think he is a fucking terrible actor and I hope he never gets work again. (laughs) I I hope he has to go like fucking, uh, I don't know, host at a cracker barrel somewhere because he is fucking awful, man. Um, yeah, I just cannot believe that he got any sort of job where he was paid to do what he did in this movie. Um, and, and maybe he wasn't maybe he's like a cousin of the director or something and that's why he's in it and uh i don't know i think he's been in some other stuff i looked at it the other day just to see but you know most of these people are uh really young when, when your characters um, have the same name it's usually a you know well i mean that's standard for found footage right it, it goes all the way back to blair, blair witch, witch at this point where where the actors just kind of have they use their real first names in any case right it's in the paranormal activity films um it just happens um you want me to write but, a story fuck you i'll write a story <laughs> but uh but yeah uh that ryan kid is fucking terrible god i like I, if i never see him in another movie again it might be too soon here, here's a story. We didn't cover this. So 20 years after a horrific accident, <laughs> we hadn't even covered this story. 20 years after a horrific accident uh, uh, during a small town school play, students at the school resurrect the failed uh, show in a misguided attempt uh, to honor the anniversary of the tragedy. That is a fucked up idea. Uh, <laughs> but soon to discover that some things are better left alone. Uh, so, you know, Reese Mashir plays uh, Reese. <laughs> And uh, so he's kind of like, is he on the football? He's on the football team or something, isn't he? Or was he? Yeah, so, so it's, a, you know, it's like this jock who's uh, t- there. They apparently this is one school in the entire world where they're required to take a drama class. Um, Never known that to be a thing. No. Arts? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, this guy, he ends up being the main uh, actor in the school play. Um, and his friend, Ryan who is also on the football team, is also in the class because uh, apparently there are 15 people in this whole high school and they're all in this fucking drama <laughs> class all at once. This is true. Um, and uh, You never see more than 30 kids on a screen at a time. Never. No. Uh, and that's and half and, of that's including the football practice. That's where and, most of them are. But even most of those kids, I guarantee you, if you if if someone has the stomach to watch this movie again, uh, <laughs> you can props. go back and look, and I guarantee you that the entire set of extras 
that is in the football practice is also the entire set of extras in the drama class and or the uh, rehearsal portion of, of this play, right? Um, I guarantee you it's the same 30 <laughs> kids. Um, but anyway, so his fucking friend Ryan is a, is a big douchebag jock who uh, is really just um, shooting this video to make fun of people constantly. Yeah. This guy um, is like he, I mean, there's, there's no getting around it. This guy is a douchebag. You like for like, and there's half a second once in a while where you'll almost start to feel something. And then he just does the douchiest thing again. And then you're just like, nah, fuck this guy I was right. I mean, I, I feel like he's probably based on someone that both of the directors knew in in high like i don't know if they went to high school together if they met in college but like they had to know someone that they just fucking hated right <laughs> and so they based this character on every douche moment this guy ever had um because he is one of the least likable uh people i've uh, i've ever encountered on screen um and then and, and not buoyed by a really really shitty performance um what? But yeah, so then they like they're but okay, so so it turns out that Reese, right, is doing this because he really likes the drama queen of the school's drama program, Pfeiffer. Who we're supposed to believe by the way that this D bag acts that she's a real uggo. Yes. Which and she's she, completely not. No. She's no. completely not. She's not like, you know, she's not like the stick figure, uh, you know, cheerleader that he's dating, but she's not, she is by no means unattractive. Well, I, th I think it's mostly like supposed to be that, oh, drama kids are weird. Yeah. And, and like, that's true. I mean, I, I was in drama class. <laughs> they, they are but, weird. There's no doubt. But, but she's not even a weird one. Like the kid, that, okay, so the kid that this guy Ryan bags on that's in charge of the, the stage boy stuff. Yeah. That guy's is legit drama nerd. That, okay, right? like, like I know that fucking guy. <laughs> uh, this girl is not <laughs> at all. She would like, have friends like in school. She just she's a normal. She's looks, she would just also be in place. Yes, <laughs> there's mm -hmm. nothing like oh you look at her like why like like and he just berates this cat like why would you be ever be interested in her i'm like she's a cute right. girl that's why well because you're in a small town you've only got 30 people to choose from man <laughs> the, the pool is not very big here <laughs> i have to go with what i can get it's, it's either pfeiffer or cassidy from the looks of it you got you've already he, got the yeah, one you've already down. got the other girl in this school <laughs> there's two but uh, I don't I don't know, man. So their so their big plan then becomes like uh, so Reese, as it turns out, can't act, which is a huge, hilarious joke, given that Ryan's terrible. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but anyway, so Reese can't act in this main role. And so um, in order to save him disgrace or whatever from their parents seeing this play, I guess, um, they decide Ryan comes up with this great idea to break into the school and, and uh, like tear the set down. And it takes Which all of about 45 the... seconds for him to convince his friends of doing. Yeah. They're like, that's and, a stupid idea, but isn't it a good idea? You make a salient point. Let's go. But it's also an idea that totally would not like do that. Like, like the end goal would not be achieved. They would not not perform the play. They would rebuild it because the set did not take 
days and days worth. It's a fucking You're gallows. not setting it on fire. You're yeah, just there, taking it apart. Yeah, there's there's a set of gallows in a corner and a painted backdrop and a tree. And that's, from everything we see about the play, that is the set, that's right? That's it. And so, so I don't even They kicked down a couple of potted this. plants that could easily just be upturned. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, like... Fuck the you, plant. effective thing that they do is is undrilling the, the gallows, right? And it's not uh, like they like didn't they even take the, the like the, the the hardware or anything. They just of which even if they did, they could just go down to the Home Depot and buy new stuff. It cost them maybe sure about they just eight have bucks. Them in the back room, because apparently the school also has a labyrinthine storage closet <laughs> that they've kept everything for the past eighty eight years in this place. And, and which is also a huge secret for some reason. No one knows it, about all this crap. behind boilers. And, like, I, I don't know. I uh, will say this. In the movie that I wrote, it was definitely not this kind of like wild and crazy. They did go to the roof at one point in, in, in my story, which I, I was just like, I'm telling you, that's why a lot of this felt like the shit that I had written. So that was like, that was what was so kind of well, weird about I, it. And I do have to say that part at the, uh, toward the end where they're trying to get, uh, trying to get away from the, the hangman or whatever. Hmm. Um, and they do go up into the, into the roof area. I thought was the most effective, uh, scene in this whole movie. Yeah. Uh, like, like that one has some legit tension, but before that and after that, it just, I don't, I don't know. And then the ending is just garbage. The, it, the, is, it is garbage. They really tried for something there and it so did not work. No. Um, and it, and it ends on such a, you know, and, and I don't hate all their movies, so don't think this is, I mean, it's almost like in the worst way, it has a platinum dunes t- style ending uh-huh. with, with something just leaping at the camera in like a really shitty, horrible way. So it has a similar ending to the one that Sinister had that almost ruined that movie for me. That the end of that movie did blow like everything up to the ending was great. The yeah, ending perfect. just like really took a shit. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's kind of what this reminded me of, except the movie before it also wasn't good. Well, no, it wasn't nearly as good as the, as, as the Sinister portion was. No, I mean, but, I, I, but I do wonder now that we're talking about it, if, if the ending had been different, would it have changed my perspective? Probably. I probably would have at least thought some of it was adequate. But, but uh, you know, just between the illogical actions, nothing really making sense, uh, the Ryan actor being uh, awful and the ending being garbage, I just cannot recommend this movie to anyone. Uh, I hope I never have to deal with it in any capacity, and I write about this shit, so that <laughs> means I like am almost guaranteed to have to at least type the name and mention it at some point in a lit review. I think I think it would have been a better movie had you had you discounted that complete coda. Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, it wouldn't have been. I mean, now, now granted, I'm not going to say that that's going to save it by any stretch of the means, but I think if you take away the coda. It becomes at least a little I mean, bit more it like like whoa what was that going where, on the ending where they take a bow works right exactly that's what I'm saying but, they end it but right as there. soon as that's over then it becomes and the house stupid. lights come but before even the coda but as soon as the house lights come up and uh, and there is someone clapping and the like that is it right like yeah. that, I'm out I'm done yeah if if it had been roll credits moments before not even the house lights coming up. I would have been totally fine with it. I think. Okay. No, no, I don't kid. I don't give a shit that, that the, the woman in the audience was there. Uh, and the only purpose it serves is, is to 
have that revelation that's lead you into the coda okay yeah that's a good point and and i just feel like it's it takes all of the tension that's left in that moment and just removes it completely yeah and then it's like hey look at this thing here's what it is here's how we're going to explain to you something and then almost feels like hey we're going to try to do this again yeah, well, and that's the other thing. Like, uh, I feel like in a way they kind of wrote themselves out of a sequel. Not that this movie made any amount of money that anybody would would make a sequel to it, but they they wrote it out of their script by having that ending the way it is. There, because there there's nothing right. There's no mystery to who it is and what who's doing what. Um, the sequel that they could have had is is completely gone and. Uh, mm. Maybe it would have been better than this movie. Well, I'll say this. It makes me look forward to the new Paranormal Activity a little more. I actually think that trailer looks great. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to do and now I, that we can kind of really see this like stuff. The last... Yeah. I mean, we'll I like the marked ones. Four sucked, but the marked ones was good. So I'm Yeah, the marked ones was great. Interested to see what they're going to do. I really do. enjoyed that one a lot, actually. I thought it was uh, maybe, maybe second best in the series after three. Maybe. Yeah, three is definitely the best one for sure. And yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, 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 I'd probably agree with that. So, all right. Anyway. So, uh, one more, kids. One more. I don't think we'll be here too awful long. Let me try to find the goddamn thing. There huh? it is. All right. So, uh, here is our last new release review of this week. Here is the trailer for Amy. <laughs> It's a bit upsetting at the end, isn't it? She was highly intelligent, the most intelligent person I knew. She was so utterly authentic. Amy, just give us a smile and then we can turn the camera off. Do you promise? (laughs) (laughs) She had such an emotional relationship to music. You're becoming an artist in the public eye. The more people see of me, the more they'll realise that all I'm good for is making music. And the Grammy goes to Amy Winehouse. She was one of the truest artists I ever heard. The world wanted a piece of her. Amy was a girl that just wanted to be loved. I fell in love with someone who I would have died for. And that's like a real drug, isn't it? This is someone who is trying to disappear. The thing is, I don't think I'm going to be at all famous. I'm not a girl trying to be a star. I'm just a girl that sings. That was the trailer for Amy, our last new release review of this week. Here is the IMDb plotline, plain and simple. The story of Amy Winehouse, in her own words, featuring unseen archival footage and unheard tracks. This is directed by Asif Karpad. How do you do that, Matt? What do you got? 
Capada? Uh, oh, Capeta? Um, hold on. Capadia? All right, that'll work. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, you know, with Amy Winehouse and a whole lot of slew of people in her lives. Uh, so now I'll, I'll kind of go on record here as saying, like, um, I, I'm not a huge Amy Winehouse fan. I don't necessarily dislike her by any stretch of the imagination, but it was never something that I was really particularly into. Mm-hmm. But I believe you you were uh, quite a fan, yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember, like, getting into, like, this huge argument uh, with uh, someone, actually, the day she uh, died, um, who was kind of like, why is anybody paying attention like junkies when they fucking... <sighs> you know, I still... I still take it, uh, like pretty hard as a fan, honestly. Uh, I, by the end of this film, I was like sitting there just like streaming, uh, like tears out of my eyes. Um, I get like sad just thinking about her sometimes, uh, <laughs> which is, uh, like one of the more depressing, uh, things you'll ever hear me say about anyone, I think. Um, because, uh, she, she really was just immensely talented and, uh, yeah, I mean, her kind of entire career uh, was was kind of a tragedy in and of itself, and this documentary really just drives that home. And um, I, you know, I was uh, just beside myself on the drive home. I, I literally watched, uh, got out of the screening uh, about an hour and ten minutes ago uh, while we're recording this, and uh, the whole way home, I was just like uh, sobbing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, I don't know. That's where I came from with this. I, I adore her music and think she was, uh, just an, an amazing, uh, human being who kind of, uh, gave in to, uh, her darker impulses. Um, and, uh, because of that, uh, got some, uh, serious health issues that ended up, uh, taking her life, uh, very, very young. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the things, too, and, like, I mean, this is, and you see this far, far too often uh, of just a lot of, uh, you know, young artists and stuff not just, you know, hanging with the right people in a lot of sense of the word, you know. And then, uh, of course, their own success, you know, going in, you know, overshadowing them, them and themselves and their sometimes their own particular talent, and then it's like they become a an entity that's not even them anymore mm-hmm. and where that just kind of grabs their life and says, here's what's going to, you know, here's kind of what's expected here of you and everything. And this is something that, you know, and you, and you hear it there at the end of the trailer, which is just like, look, I don't really ever expect to be famous. This is not something that, you know, I particularly care to do or whatever. It's just, I like singing and it's what I'm kind of good at. And, you know, people seem to enjoy it and everything. So it's what I'm going to do. And, um, yeah, and you see a lot of footage in this of just, uh, her just being hounded by people. Oh, yeah. Um, just, I mean, just walking from a single place to a single place. And the thing is, is like when you have these kind of uh, overbearing surroundings and everything and everyone's on you and stuff, you're going to lean on the people that are closest to you. And when the people that you're leaning on that are closest to you aren't the best of people, that can lead to a downfall real quick because the big problem is is that at that point, at the same time, you can't see beyond you know where you're at right at that particular moment in time because mm-hmm. it's going to seem like everything that you know that that whatever these people are doing is going to be the right thing for you and it's not um, productive to your actual lifestyle and everything. So um, she definitely 
you know, kind of uh, met the wrong people at the wrong times in a lot of cases. Well, it was more, it was more like uh, just, you know, the biggest part of uh, of this, and and I don't want to try to lay blame. I think the documentary does that pretty well without being so direct about it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, a lot of it really was her uh, kind of extremely uh, destructive uh, relationship with uh, with her husband Blake Fielder. Mm-hmm. Um, who was who before they even met was like a, a, a kind of an addict and a junkie, and um, she just uh, you know she fell in love with him and, and like for real in love with him. And uh, the documentary plays through all of those notes in a very um, it's it's not overhanded. I don't think it's it's pretty like uh, even. Uh, about a lot of uh, what goes on, but it's still like the insinuations are there uh, that at the right time, the right people did not care enough to do the things that they knew were right um, for various reasons. Right. Um, And so like, you know, I feel like coming out of the documentary, her, like her father doesn't, uh, her father was like, I think was a giant problem in her life is that, you know, this guy, and, and they make a point of it when they were kind of, you know, shooting a reality show with her and everything, uh, mm-hmm. something that she didn't really necessarily even want to do in the first place. But it, this was just kind of his thing. And it became more about him than it did about her. And, you know, and it was just and a lot of it was to fuel his own ego and everything. Yeah. Um, and so she had several relationships uh, like that. Right. Or her husband was one of them. Uh, I feel like if if Blake Fielder had stayed out of her life, uh, after, um, he, he left her. Right. Uh, I mean, most of, uh, as they go into in the film, most of the, her second album, uh, uh, is about their kind of the dissolution of their first, uh, fling, Mm -hmm. right. While he was still, uh, married or whatever, uh, or I, or had a girlfriend, not married. Um, and uh, I feel like if after that he had kind of stayed out, maybe things would have been completely different. But uh, yeah, she had a lot know. of roller coasters of kind of ups and downs, and like this mm-hmm. is somebody. And, and here's the thing too, along with those, you know, those wild turns of up and down and everything, that can also be something that really fucks a person up. Just going from yeah. such extreme highs to extreme lows back and forth. I mean, this is a girl who's at one second just, you know literally smoking crack and the next minute is you know clean and sober winning you know grammys and shit yeah and that and like and then the biggest thing to her at that particular point was looks at her friend who's like she's just had the best night of her entire life and just goes this is so boring why when you're not fucked up i mean that's like um, crazy i don't know i this this uh i felt like this documentary was really great it's uh it's the same guy who uh made senna a couple years back. I think you watched that at one point. Am I, I wrong? I, I've seen some of it. I think I fell asleep during it. I was like, it was a Netflix thing. And it yeah. Was late when I started um, it. <laughs> yeah, it is the same guy. So, uh, so, uh, a few years back in 2010, this film came out, uh, about, uh, you know, a formula one racer who died, uh, tragically as well. Um, kind of young in his thirties. Uh, and you can tell, it's it's a similar feel it's it's all archival there's not like recreation i mean there are shots of the 
uh, cities and stuff like that that are new, and that was the same in this other documentary. But everything else is just, you know, it's it's footage. Uh, yeah, and just and, and interview stuff, and then you just see the name supered up when the person is talking about, uh, you know, whomever is, uh, you know, on the mic at that time. And yeah. pretty much everybody is in there at one point. I mean, this is there's a lot of stuff that is in Amy's words, that's in her dad's words, it's in, mm-hmm. you know, her husband's words, friends, and everybody. And so you, you hear... You hear it from all sides, so it's not like it's just like, hey, we only took the people that were like super pro Amy sides or whatever. They right. they, they took from all sides, and um, you know, managers, bodyguards, the whole nine yards. So uh, it's very yeah. well rounded in that way. Yeah, it is. It is well rounded, and I'm not at all surprised. I was reading, uh, I think, in Rolling Stone or somewhere that, uh, or online, maybe it was RollingStone.com that. Uh, that her family, uh, namely her father and mother, have kind of disassoci- disassociated themselves uh, with this documentary. Um, and I'm not at all surprised to find that out because I, like, even as even-handed as, as the film really is, uh, I think maybe even because it's so even-handed, uh, there are still certain people who just do not come out looking uh, so great here's the thing um, what, what when when i heard that i go this is probably really good on account of especially if it's like close to the family and the family just goes well this we, we really really don't approve for this that means that this was a warts and all thing and this absolutely is a hundred percent warts and all thing so mm-hmm. it doesn't it, it and and here's the thing and like and I, I mentioned like the people that are around her and stuff She's complicit with a lot of this stuff, so it's not oh, like yeah. she's going in, you know, she's been blindsided by any of this. So, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, is her choices and things like that. Now, those those choices are definitely influenced by other things, but at the end of the day, Incl- she did have the power diseases, to right? Like addiction and bulimia and, oh, yeah. and uh, just her own depression that, uh, like I said, at various points just were never handled by people who knew that they were issues. Right. Um and and you know it's a it is a tragedy, man. Uh, I don't know. I thought I thought overall though the movie was really good. It moved me. Like I said, I was crying. I'm I'm a fan though, uh, so I know it's not for everybody. But there is uh, I think there's something here that like even if you're not a fan, you'll probably get something out of it. Um, yeah, even as somebody who's not who I, w- I wouldn't really consider myself a fan. I, again, like I said, I'm not a, not a n- I don't dislike her, and I, I wouldn't have seen this. I don't think if I you know really hated her or anything. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think you can get a lot of out of this even if you don't, and especially, and I think almost everybody probably knows somebody who has you know had some sort of addiction, who has had some sort of something happen to them, or mm-hmm. has struggles of whatever type. Um, you can definitely relate to this, and I think it'll also be a could also be a kick in the ass to people who have somebody like that in their life that they haven't really done anything with or to or whatever that needs to kind of jump in this thing and say, "Oh wow, I see a lot of the destructive, you know, kind of things in in other people uh, as well." And so, you know, and there's there's and there's so many similar cases and stuff to this. I mean, you know, the whole you know Kurt Cobain is also kind of a very sort of similar story where it's like the limelight and everything got super super bright and you know, well, so many, so many, I mean, the, the list of, uh, people who have died at the exact same age from the exact same problems, uh, who were at the same level of fame is ridiculously long. Oh yeah. 
right? I mean, it's the 27 Club or Club 27 or Forever 27, however people want to frame it. But uh, like Cobain's in it, Hendrix is in it, Joplin's in it, Amy Winehouse is in it, uh, uh, Brian Jones, right? Like it just goes on and on and on and on. Uh, these people who, you know, they, they burn out because for whatever reason, uh, I mean... I think what makes Winehouse such a such a tragedy, uh, comparatively even, um, is that at the point that she died, she had been sober uh, and uh, was drinking, but her body just shut down, right? Which is the same exact thing that happened to um, uh, Jim Morrison, right? Yeah. He, he died of a massive heart attack because his body just could not handle him drinking anymore and, they and he went it. back to it yeah they look at it and it's just like she's a she's a tiny little girl so mm-hmm. there's not a lot there and like when you when you strip yourself of all the other stuff and then add in a whole bunch of other stuff i mean you know there's only so much the human body can take and especially when you're of that particular size and stuff that certainly don't that helps just kind of further things along for sure yeah exactly um i don't know so I, I think this movie's great. I'm going to give it a strong recommendation. Um, I think it's a, a really interesting documentary formally as well, just because of the way this guy puts his movies together. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like documentaries that use uh, primarily archive footage and uh, don't use any actual footage of people talking. I kind of hate that uh, shit. Um I'm at least glad they supered things because, like, in the Joe Strummer doc I saw a couple years back, they didn't super anybody, so it was just random voices talking. Oh, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. No, God uh, help well, you if you hope you know somebody. Well, they, I think they show heads, talking heads in that. This guy's good at that, uh, at, at, like, making sure you know who's talking. Uh, there was also a documentary um, a couple years back called uh, The Black Power Mixtape, mm-hmm. uh, which was on uh, Netflix forever. And I forget who made that. It was a couple of uh, Swedish directors. But it was the same deal, right? It was all this archival footage that they had cobbled together. Um, and uh, they just had people talking as the footage played, right? So you'd get voiceover commentary from, from people uh, that they would just identify them on screen. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, go, go out and see Amy, everybody. Yeah, Definitely. All right, so uh, that is it for this week's show, everybody. Not too awful long, though. I think we did pretty well for fucking three movies. I, th- four, I think we're actually right at an hour. Yeah, so not too bloody shabby right there. So um, next week is big. Of course, we got Ant-Man coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a new Judd Apatow movie coming out. And um, boy, am I going to have to preface a lot of things next week so I don't get hate. You gonna you just don't like Apatow or you don't oh, like I, uh, Schumer? I, I don't like Schumer. Oh. And well. so, and you know, but here's the thing: it's like, and it, we live in such an awful world that if you say you don't like a female comedian, you just hate females and hate female comedians, and that's completely not the case. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm gonna have to preface a lot of shit and just like, hey, here are the women comedians I love. I just don't think that this broad is talented or funny at all. So, <laughs> fucking a. Everybody uh, see so many people seem to like her. I think she's a talentless hack, and I cannot wait of, till her fifty minutes are up. I I really like her, but uh, you know, maybe you'll feel differently after the movie. Make me feel different, Amy Schumer. And you wrote this thing, so it's on your fucking shoulders if this thing blows <laughs> chunks. So um, I love Bill Hader. That's why I'm going for the movie. <laughs> I uh, 
I am also looking forward to, and I hope uh, they open around me, uh, the new uh, Bill Condon flick uh, with Ian McKellen as an old Sherlock Holmes. I've seen the trailer. I, I kind of dig the trailer. It, so. It's opening this week. I don't know if it's limited or not, as well as the other small movie this week is the new Woody Allen movie. Now, uh, I'm an okay Woody Allen fan. I like about 50% of his stuff a whole lot. Um and, uh, you know, probably just the, a couple, a whole, whole lot. Uh, but this one I want to see just because it has uh, – it's it's Joaquin Phoenix in it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that trailer. And, and Parker Posey as well. Who's always great. And it's his second film with Emma Stone, so we'll see. Uh, as, I, as I said last week, Magic in the Moonlight, not so great. Um, <laughs> she was okay in it, but that movie was not so great. Um so hopefully those will make an appearance next week as well. Okay. All right. So uh, Ant-Man is obviously going to be the big one next week. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot of other shit. Until then, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh, well, there's not too much of it this week, uh, but conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com and at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. And uh, that's on Twitter. So look me up. I'm there. I'm not as as busy, but, you know, I'll be back. And, of course, you can always listen uh, to my other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast, at heromoviepodcast.com. This week we talked about uh, that documentary that we talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, The Death of Superman Lives. What happened? And uh, next week, of course, we'll be talking about Ant-Man over there as well. So lots of crazy stuff to be had. Uh, and, of course, you can always follow this podcast at uh, The Film Find on the tweets. Listen to all the – hey, do us a favor, why don't you? Go out and drop us a review on iTunes. That would mean a lot to us and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we appreciate that and all of you fine, fine people. So uh, until then, for Matt Smith, I am Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody.
Yeah, right. That's it. We did a show. We got it done. <sighs> Let we got me it done oh, so I saw something like that's crazy. This will be interesting to you. While flipping around the old uh, fucking Facebooks here. So apparently, uh, Constantine's going to be coming to Arrow Season 4. Wait, really? Yeah, supposedly. It sounds, according to this thing, it sounds, uh, here's the headline, it sounds like Matt Ryan's Constantine is coming to Season 4 of Arrow. Huh. Interesting. And here's another weird one, at least. <laughs> Bones and Sleepy Hollow having a, uh, a crossover coming next season. What? Uh, well, Fox, man, what do you know? <laughs> Oh, man. So I haven't even... I'm sure you've probably seen it. I, I haven't. Now, I know... I, I, from what I understand, it's not much of anything. Um, there's that... Uh, there's X-Files uh, kind of quick promo-y thing. I haven't watched it yet, but I, yes. I'm staying away. Excited about that, though. Did they... Um, I, I don't know if you've looked or not, but have they done any of the nice transfer over for the other seasons other than season one? Uh, I don't... I don't know. I'm I'm in uh, season one still, so I just don't. Know. I, I want to, but I just don't have enough time. They they said they they started the whole kind of marathon thing to where it's like, hey, you watch one a day up until the release of the new series. Uh huh. Um, in theory, I'd like to do that. And I just don't have I had the fucking time. Between all the other garbage I'm doing. Yeah. Oh my god. So so here's a. <laughs> You know, here's a fun thing to add uh, to our uh, my my many many um, fun theater stories. So I went to sure. see uh, Selfless at Cinnabar. So at Cinnabar, uh-huh. it's kind of like uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, if if you've heard about like the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas, it's kind of that idea where you know you can eat you know a meal and everything and watch your movie and all that jazz. They got the little tables, uh, little long bench tables in front of your seats and everything. They'll come in, take your order, you can have yourself a beer and a burger, as I did. Um, so I'm watching Selfless, right? I kind of all my stuff comes, I eat it, it's perfectly fine. Um, and then, you know, they right. come, they bring me the check, throw my, uh, debit card into the old, uh, you know, little thing there as, as, as one does in a restaurant environment. Uh, they come and get it and then the movie's over. Now they come and get it about 30 plus minutes before the movie is over. My fucking card is just gone, son. My, the credits roll, the lights come up. I'm still sitting there going... So I guess um, I'm fucked, maybe? I don't know what's going on. So I had to go out. I had to yell at some people to, you know, I'm like, dude, my car's been missing for a half hour. I The movie's over. The lights go up. I got to walk out and physically ask you to come and give me my card. I don't know where my card's been for the last half hour. At first, I got kind of like a, meh, well, here's your ticket and everything. And so I started to write kind of a, you know, a, a fucking, you know, note right. from hell on the thing as I left no tip and because I and, and I don't do that I mean you, you know you and I yeah, both yeah. worked Same. in the service industry so if we don't tip some shit has gone fucking wrong some shit has gone south if we don't tip um, and of course somebody like so finally a manager came somebody who was an actual manager not a bullshit manager and you know not she's kind of yeah not a bullshit shift leader which doesn't really count for jack fucking shit uh, so she came and like profusely apologized. I was like, "Oh, so someone is going to apologize? That's nice." 
And so, you know, she took off something on the menu. I did tip at that point because she was, you know, at that point she was willing to go like, hey, you know, we screwed up. So sorry. Here's some free tickets, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, okay, you you rectified the problem. And that's all I asked for at the end of the day. At the end of the day, as long as you just do something to just at least, you know, have a little bit of culpability for what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask. And I, I got to say, of of the many times that I have to complain for people not doing their fucking job, they at least did a good job of it. I'm not even talking about the free tickets, even if they just took that shit out of the equation altogether and just gave me a big enough apology like she did. That's right. worth it. But people need to at least learn from that one instead of giving you the whole kind of like, well, it is what it is. No, it is not what it is. Fucking change. Don't be a D-bag. Fucking change and get better. Mm-hmm. Heaven I'm, forbid. I'm with you, man. I am uh, really glad you got your uh, card back. I, me too, dude. I was just like, I'm like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do here? It's just like, you know, I give this to you with all kind of like, hey, I trust you with this to do whatever you can. As far as I know, somebody just took off and is just, just kind of spending my money. Luckily for them, it's all in another, most of it's in another account, so you really wouldn't, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks, but that's about it. Yeah. But nevertheless, you know, uh, still a little fucked up. But I gotta say, uh, we're excited and everything. Uh, gonna go see uh, Ant Man with Dad on Friday, and uh, you know, I always like seeing the superhero movies. My dad being as long a comic book fan as he is, so. And the great part is, is like how I'll even find like the secret stuff that he doesn't even know about. <laughs> Always makes me feel important. Where it's just like, did you see this bit though? Because like, like for example, in Thor, I was just like, because I had seen it twice by the time that I had watched it with him, and uh, you know, during the whole Hawkeye thing, I was just like, did you see who that was up there? And he's like, no. I was like, he just called him Barton. He's like, what? Oh, I wasn't even paying attention to that bit. So I was I like seeing and catching stuff that he doesn't because. He's like me in a lot of ways, too, where he'll just kind of let stuff wash over you, and if you don't hit it the first time, it's like, oh, yeah, what about that bit? But, uh, yeah, I got to say, um, looking forward to that. So, All right, buddy, that's it, man. So I'm going to put yeah. this up, and uh, that'll be that. So uh, we'll see you next week, everybody.